This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It's time to get inside the Giants Huddle. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. On Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants Mobile. Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Welcome to a front office edition of the Giants Huddle Podcast, brought to you by the City College of New York, doing remarkable things. Learn more at ccny.cuny.edu. Today, we are joined by Giants General Manager Joe Shane. Joe, going into day one of the draft, what were some of your objectives and goals? You, there was probably four or five players that you know we coveted that we thought that may be there as of our pick. So you know, around pick 16, I think it was the commander's pick. That's kind of when we knew the draft would start. And there were still, you know, quite a few players up there that, you know, we, we liked and we were a little bit surprised that they were still there. So we never really knew how the draft was going to unfold. So we had multiple plans. We had, you know, potential trade opportunities with other teams in place. So it was really unknown, but we needed to be prepared for every scenario that may present itself. And I felt like we were, and it actually turned out really well for us. Did the top of the draft kind of fall the way you expected? Yeah, the top of the draft fell, maybe the guys didn't go exactly to the teams we thought they would or the slots they went to, but probably our top 10 to 13 players we nailed in terms of, hey, they're probably going to be gone before we pick. And then, you know, again, once we got into the Washington, you know, Pittsburgh area, we said, okay, well, this is where the draft really begins for us. What goes into the decision to make a trade? Yeah, the decision that goes into making a trade, you know, we have trade card uh, charts that we use and we have different, you know, formulas that we use based on, you know, whether it's a Jimmy Johnson chart or something our analytics department put together. So you look at the value, you see if it makes sense. Are you going to, you know, win, lose? Is it even? Um, and then at the end of the day, if you lose a little bit, you know, are you really winning because you're getting the player you want? Or for me, sometimes I look at the pick I'm giving up. Who do we like at that part of our board? And, you know, if that player is so much better than what you're going to get at the, you know, the pick you're giving up, it just makes sense. You know, I've, I've been there before where you're disappointed you don't get somebody you want, and the opportunity to get players that you like, you feel much better, you know, at the end of the day. Deontay Banks, what made him the right choice? Yeah, Tay Banks was the right choice for us at, at 24. Again, <clears throat> prototype size, you know, he's got speed, he's got strength, he's got physicality, he can play press man. Uh, he's a 4-3-6 guy that really fit what, you know, the defensive staff was looking for in a corner. So he ended up being the fourth corner off the board, you know, in the first round. And uh, he was actually an ideal fit for what we were looking for in our defense. And, you know, he was, you know, a guy that the defensive coaches coveted, the scouting staff liked, the, you know, coaching staff in terms of Dave's liked. So when you have consensus within the building on a player and his fit and what he can do for the organization and he's there at the right opportunity, you know, it's a win-win for everybody. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Day one is over, so now how does your focus shift? Yeah, at the end of day one, you know, you kind of take back, 
you know, take a deep breath, see who's still on the board. Um, you're excited about the player you got in Tay Banks. We're excited about that. And then we came in on Friday and, you know, we looked at who was left, where we were picking, who we thought may be there. You know, is there anybody we would trade up for if they fall? Is there anybody if, you know, these, you know, five or six guys aren't there, maybe we trade back. So we go through those scenarios and then we start making phone calls around us. Hey, there's a chance we want to move up or, hey, we may move back into the third round, whatever it may be. So we kind of duplicated a little bit what we did on Thursday before round one. We had a plan in place going into to day two with, you know, the potential move in, in different directions if we needed to based on the players available. John Michael Schmitz, what made him the right choice? Yeah, that was a tough one to sit on our hands and wait for because, you know, center was potentially a need. Again, we, we have a lot of confidence in Ben, Bre- ben Bredesen and, uh, John will come in and compete with those guys, but um, you know, really liked his school film. You know, I saw him play live. I saw him at the Senior Bowl. He had a great week. Uh, the coaching staff, another guy that there was consensus between the coaching staff and the scouting staff. Uh, New York Giant DNA, you know, through and through, t- smart, tough, dependable, and a good football player. So the fact that we were able to stay pat, and again, I had to sit on my hands on that one. And um, you know, luckily he was there when we picked. The Bears traded up right right before we picked him. There was a little bit of concern that that may be a guy that, that they covet, you know, Ryan Poles being a former offensive lineman. Um, so that was a little bit of an intense moment when they traded up in front of us because, you know, I think it was known that center was a need. So uh, excited to get uh, John and looking forward to getting him here. In round three, you're able to trade up and get another player you wanted in Jalen Hyatt. Yeah, Jalen Hyatt's another guy that we had graded um, fairly high on our board. And, you know, when we got into the third round, um, you know, he was sticking out a little bit like a sore thumb. So as we were, were going through, you know, I talked to Tim and Dennis and Brandon and said, hey, let's start making some phone calls and see if, you know, if we could give up our fourth. When does it come into play that we would just have to give up our fourth? And, uh, you know, Sean McVay had actually texted Dave's the night before. So, you know, Dave's is like, hey, what if, what if I text McVay? I'm saying, yeah, go ahead. So we, uh, we typed in the terms and uh, Dave sent it off to uh, Coach McVay and eventually they called us back and, you know, it worked out. Jalen was a guy, again, he brings this, you know, some height. He's over six foot. He ran four three. He can stretch the field. And, you know, that's something that we thought we maybe were missing a little bit of last year is the ability to stretch the field. And, you know, people want to play tight boxes against us with Saquon. And, you know, this gives us a chance to, you know, go vertical if we need to. You've talked about relationships around the league. How much does this help in the draft? Yeah, it's very important for, you know, not just myself as a general manager, but you know, Dennis Hickey, Brandon Brown, Tim McDonald, to have relationships around the league so we can make these phone calls and these guys pick up the phone if you're calling to make a trade or potential scenarios. If you have a good relationship with somebody and then you're on the clock or scenarios are unfolding during draft day, uh, it's easy for them to pick up the phone and, and give you a call because you have prior relationships. So um, I always go out of my way, whether it's league meetings, combine, owners meetings to, you know, make sure you, you know, continue to form those relationships with other general managers and uh, personnel directors around the league. And um, you never know when that, that relationship's going to come in handy and you can get a deal done. How important is day three to you? Yeah, day three is very important. I think you saw it last year with some of the players that we, you know, we were able to get Bellinger, uh, Belton, DJ Davidson played some snaps for us. Unfortunately, McKeithen got hurt and Beavers got hurt. Um, but those were all guys, and then McFadden played meaningful snaps. So um, sometimes you can get starters out of the you know day three, and then sometimes you get some really good depth players and contributors or, or special teams players. So excited about some of the players that we got in day three. Again, they'll come in, they'll compete. You know, maybe it starts off on special teams and depth roles, and you know, again, maybe based on the character of the kids, they develop into starters. So looking forward to those guys getting in and competing, and you know, whether it's depth roles or, or starting players, they're equally as important. 
Let's go back to Hyatt for a second. You were on the field for the Tennessee-Alabama game, and he goes off. Was that a perfect storm? Yeah, I did attend the Alabama-Tennessee game, and it's funny because Tillman, the other receiver, was one that was super productive the year before. So he, he was kind of the guy you're going to see, and then that was Jalen Hyatt's coming out party. And you're like, oh, my gosh, who is this guy? Oh, he's an underclassman, but he's, he's draft eligible. So um, when, when, you, when you saw his speed live and the production he had against that Alabama defense, a coveted Alabama defense coached by Nick Saban, um, you know, that's kind of his, his, his specialty. You're like, okay, who is this kid? And the more research we did, we continued to follow him. And he continued to elevate his game. Each opportunity was given. So uh, that was my first exposure to him. Again, he was, really wasn't on the radar um, that game obviously put him on the map, and then you know we continued to follow him, and you know he continued to answer each question throughout the process in the spring, and you know we're fortunate to have him. Okay, if you can give me just one line on Eric Gray. Yeah, Eric Gray is a uh, quick, explosive, instinctive three-down back that we're excited to have. Trey Hawkins the third. Big, physical, long, fast. Jordan Riley. Big man with length, strength, can hold the point and can, can defend the run. Javarius Owens. Tall, long, fast, uh, deep field safety that can come up and strike you, but also can play in pass coverage. How important is the communication between your entire staff during the three-day process? Yeah, the communication throughout draft weekend is very important between uh, whether it's the executive staff, area scouts, national scouts, whatever it may be, just to continue to um, have dialogue, talk through scenarios, you know, which players, make sure we have the medical, the background, everything's airtight. Um, a lot of these meetings and conversations have ha- been had leading up to the draft. So when you're on the clock, we've already went through A to Z on each player and who we would take in different scenarios. So um, the communication leading up to the draft is important, but on draft weekend, it's equally as important just to make sure that um, everything's airtight before we turn in the card on a player. We saw Coach Brian Dable had his coordinators pop in to give their input. How does that work? Yeah, it's important to have the coordinators on board when you're drafting a, drafting a player, and they, they do a phenomenal job. We give them an extensive list of players to look at, and it's, it's obviously more daunting for the coordinators because the list is longer than the receiver coach or the D-line coach. You know, they've got to do all the positions. So uh, we do like to bring them in if it's you know, two players are on the same line on the board and you know, where the roster is now, maybe based on who we've drafted previously, maybe – you know, you go with a different player if they're in the same conversation based on need. So uh, I like to bring them in. I like to give them ownership and who we're taking. They're, you know, if, if they're motivated to coach guys, uh, there's always a better chance for, uh, for, for success for the player um, if you have a, a coordinator and position coach that are motivated to work with them. Can you talk about the hug between you and defensive coordinator Wink Martindale after you took Deontay Banks? Yeah, when Wink came in, we took Tay Banks. He was, he was obviously super excited. And, you know, it's something for his defense that's very important, you know, having two good corners. So with Tay Banks and Adoree, I think, you know, the defense has taken a little bit more shape in terms of what he wants it to look like. But Tay Banks was one of his uh, favorite players in the draft. And when we were able to get him, you know, he was obviously very excited. And my back's still a little bit of sore from that bear hug he gave me. This year we saw that you FaceTimed the players during the draft. What went into that decision? Yeah, we FaceTimed most of the players after we drafted them. Just thought it was a nice personal touch. Uh, they could FaceTime, see everybody that was into the, in the draft room, kind of bring them into the draft room. And then we could also go to them. And, you know, a lot of the players showed the camera. Are there their phone around? And we could see their families, moms, dads, friends, uh, teammates. So it was really cool. It was a nice personal touch. We enjoyed doing this year, um, getting to communicate with not only the player, but their family and friends. And really special moment for the player and, and the organization as well.
We thank Giants General Manager Joe Shane for joining us on this episode of the Front Office Edition of the Giants Huddle Podcast. We'll see you next time, everybody.